0: Windsor, Windsor. Ascot, Ascot. Maidenhead, Maidenhead. Bracknell, Bracknell. Wokingham, Wokingham. Henley, Henley.
1: Reading, Reading. The Voice, River
0: Radio, of the Thames Valley. Welcome everyone to this show, Let's Do Lunch. This is the show all about food and nutrition. I am your host, Jenny Tishy. I am a nutritionist, but also the author of several cookery books and an absolute foodie. On this show, you will find a series of foodie people, people related to the food industry. And today is no different because we have a very local business. In fact, we have Heather who runs Agosti Gelato. You'll tell me if I'm pronouncing that incorrectly, I'm sure. A local artisan gelato and sorbet company, which I hope you've had the pleasure of tasting. But if you haven't, you'll want to by the end of this. She uses seasonal flavours and local ingredients wherever possible. But prior to setting up her own gelato business, Business. Heather spent 20 years as a lawyer for m and Food. Welcome Heather to the podcast. How are you today?
1: I'm very well. Thank you for having me.
0: Good. Great. Well, can I ask you first off, what inspired you to select gelato as the focus for your food business?
1: Um, well, everybody loves gelato, don't they? They do. <laughs> <laughs> I've never met anybody who, well, some people have said they haven't and then they I get them to taste it and they change their minds. But um, we used to spend a lot of holidays, particularly in Italy. Lucky. If, yes, <laughs> because um, my husband's family are from around the lakes up in in the northern North. Italy. Yeah. yeah. But we have kind of visited most parts of Italy apart from Sicily, which is where we're going on holiday this year. Oh, how exciting. Which is very exciting. Um and yeah, whenever we went on holiday, we used to always eat gelato mm-hmm. and sorbets, and whenever we ate it, we always oh, you can't get this sort of thing back home. Always. Mm. And it's just it's the texture, the intensity of the flavor. A little bit of sun and, and, you know, holiday vibes didn't hurt. But um, when we started looking at uh, what business we as a family would really like to get involved in, gelato was right up there.
0: So you had in your head an idea to start a business and it obviously was a family discussion. Were there other options on the table? Were there other food options on the table or was it just always going to be gelato? Uh,
1: There weren't other food options. There were other options, Uh but gelato was the only one that... we, husband and I, could agree on. And because he still works full time, right. um, but I would need his support with the business, we knew we had to decide on a business that we both agreed on. And we both had other ideas that neither of <laughs> us agree agreed on. on. <laughs> Sounds like, like a gel- good move, yeah. Then. Gelato, we both agreed on.
0: And just to, so um, people who may not know, what is the difference between gelato and ice cream?
1: So gelato is made with milk rather than cream mm-hmm. um there is a little bit of cream but it's sort of 10% cream rather than 30 or more percent cream that you would have in ice cream um so from a fat point of view it's much lower in fat than uh, ice cream uh. so for example our um de latte which is sort of a vanilla equivalent, has 7%, 7% fat, 7 grams per 100 grams of fat, whereas the Hagen dazs equivalent would have about 18 or 19 grams of fat.
0: Wow, that's incredible. It's a big difference. That's a big difference, but not
1: a big difference in uh,
0: flavour. In fact, if anything, I would suggest, not that I have a lot of Hagen dazs but <laughs> I have had it. That yours tastes creamier?
1: Yes. Why is that? Because it's slower churned. So the other thing with gelato is that it's slower churned. And so it becomes more dense. There's uh-huh. less air whipped into it. So um, even, well, we're not going to discuss Mr. Whippy. Because that's what <laughs> we're not know, going to no. <laughs> no. fakes it's, in this discussion yeah. and no 99s. No. Um, so the normal ice cream, a supermarket ice cream, might actually have... Um, Huge percentage of air, so if you actually let it melt in a cup, for example you 'd be left with very little in the cup once it had melted because wow. so much of it is air, whereas gelato tends to be much slower churned, so there 's very little air percentage wise
0: in it interesting uh, we think about the slow food movement is actually mm. it originates in italy doesn 't it mm. It does mm. seem everything that they do with regard to food has a slow element to its production, which I I absolutely love. That's what food (laughs) deserves. And you mentioned Italy. Um, Again, excuse my ignorance, but is gelato a regional thing? You mentioned you're going to be going to Sicily, but your husband's family are from the north.
1: Is it something that you tend to see throughout, or is it made differently in different regions? It's not like pizza. Mm. In that um, they tend to make it the same. But some, so in Sicily, for example, which would claim to be the birthplace of Italian gelato, okay. um, they have gelato or granita as well. They might have more granita than gelato. Mm-hmm. And in Rome, they might have more gelato than sorbet. But um, it's not, it's made the same way right across Italy.
0: Wow, I feel like I'm learning so much. I must ask about your learning. So I know that you originally set out to put this business together just prior to the yeah. pandemic and you were in, intending, fully intending to go, I'm going to again try and pronounce this correctly, but the Carpagianis, is that Carpigiani. correct? Carpagianis, Gelato University. You are intending to go in person, weren't you? But you yeah. weren't able to, but that's where you've done your learning. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, so I was meant to fly to Bologna in April 2020 but funnily enough, did <laughs> No blights. <laughs> no. So, um, fortunately, Journey UK launched an online university. Oh, wow. Um, so, their UK chef, Chef Joe, uh-huh. um, decided that during that period when we were all locked down that those people who had wanted to go and study could still study online, uh, which was a great experience, yeah, uh, the only downside obviously was that I didn't get to taste anything as I was being taught about it, yeah, so, so
0: until you actually made it yourself, you yeah. didn't know what the product or the yeah. outcome would be, yeah, um what was the most intriguing thing that you think you learnt um from the university
1: that it's a science mm. so it's, I mean, lots of food taste is a science, mm. but um, particularly gelato, the way in which you balance recipes. And I know you came to visit yes. me and looked at the sugar, the re- refractometer, but balancing the sugars and the fats, particularly, and trying to keep them as low as possible in the recipes, um, but still make sure that it's full of taste and smooth. Mm is really important, and so it 's sort of percentages and measuring the sugar in each batch of fruit as it comes in, and interestingly, that changes over the season and yeah
0: that 's what I was fascinated by when I came to visit you, just season by season mm. and throughout one season, the same fruit from the same producer from the same area of the yeah. country and we 'll talk about your local produce um, in a moment, but It it can vary dramatically, can't it? It's sugar content. Was that a surprise to you?
1: It was. I'd been warned that this happened when (laughs) when I was studying. But to actually see it... Mm, With your... um, What's it called? A refractometer. Refractometer. So it's a sugar measurer, basically. Yeah, so you might use it if anybody brews their own homebrew or um, makes jack. You can actually use it for that as well. But... um, Yeah, every time I make a sorbet or a fruit um, puree to go into a gelato, I will measure the sugar content Mm -hmm. in the fruit. And it does vary. So mango is a good one. Mango sometimes that I've bought in the past has been sort of seven or eight percent sugar. Wow. Whereas other times I've bought it as being 13 or 14% sugar. That
0: is such a difference, isn't it? Yeah. Gosh.
1: And the reason that you do that is then you balance the recipe with adding sucrose or Mm. another type of sugar. Mm. Um, And so the ideal is to get the sweetest possible fruit that you can picked at the peak of ripeness so that you don't need to add extra Yeah, which is ideal, isn't
0: it? Yeah, get the natural fruit sugar. Um, Better for us too, says the nutritionist.
1: (laughs) Uh, So I have to ask, the name, Agosti, where's that from? That is my mother-in-law's maiden name.
0: Wonderful. Does it mean anything?
1: It means, well, August, Mm -hmm. so lucky Ah. so Augustus Caesar and interestingly when I started looking into the family because um she was brought up in this country but her father uh, was born on the banks of Lake Maggiore mm-hmm. um when I started looking into it there I found the village where he had been born and it's still full of Agosti's Agostini's mm-hmm. Agostinelli's so it's sort of the family is still there so that's our after Sicily that would be another trip up to
0: yeah meet, meet the, the family. family. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Now, I have to ask about your background. Uh, it's probably not unusual to have a career change, but yours is so so interesting. I mean, you've come from a background as a lawyer for M&S Food uh, for, was it 20 years? Am I getting that correct? Yeah, it was
1: 20. It was for the whole of the m and business. But part of that was looking after um, the food group which is uh, obviously helped me enormously. Um, But I also looked after the marketing teams and the branding teams, um, the stores and the website. And so obviously when I was setting up the business, not just from a food tech background Mm. that I had and a food safety background, but also from a branding point of view, it meant that I was able to have a go Yeah. And ended up doing everything myself um, to start the business and, you know, incorporate it, register trademarks and all of that. And also I then did an online course to build, learn how to build a website. So I built the website and I
0: yeah proper self-taught yes in every way shape and form I love it you know (laughs) learning through the business as well so you described your previous role as as just a job and not a vacation so what is it you love about having your own gelato business
1: um I love that when I have time which I don't have much time at the moment it being able to come up with new recipes, the creativity of it. Um, I do love making people smile because everybody smiles when they eat it. Um, and just, I also love supporting local businesses, which I know um, we'll come on to, but you know, being able to be part of the community um, and supporting other people in the community who've got their own small businesses, whether those are food businesses Or, you know, even buying packaging from local packaging suppliers and Mm. just trying to do all of that to support other local businesses. Do you know, it's
0: really important that bit, isn't it? And I think you have the autonomy to be able to do yes. that where you probably didn't in your previous role. And, you know, actually being able to taste the provenance of a certain food or ingredient in your food. That I, I'm sitting here, we're in a warm studio. You've brought some of the gelato with you. And I think it would only be fitting that we actually have a little taste at this point before. It gets melted. And okay. uh, <laughs> So let's talk about some of the products that you've brought with you. So, so in you can-
1: Italy, you would be just... As a gelateria, by your latte which okay. is the milk gelato, mm-hmm. and is really the base for everything else, and the pistachio. So I've brought those two, as well as some other flavors using some local ingredients, and one surprise flavor. Oh, I'll tell you about in a minute. <laughs> so that's the fiordelatte that Let's you're about have to a have, have a little taste. Little taste. The milk I've used, obviously, is local and yeah. is Lacey's Farm Milk up at Lane End. Um, and it's Guernsey milk.
0: Oh, my golly.
1: <laughs> so that's purely the milk cream, the sugar.
0: So if I was judging you on this, mm. <laughs> <laughs> this would be 10 out of 10. This is amazing. You um, can actually almost taste the, the
1: creaminess. Mm. So it's, again, that's the 7% mm. fat. It's really low. I can't say low in fat, but compared yeah, to but a normal ice cream, you wouldn't imagine that it's just milk.
0: I shouldn't just—I ha- shouldn't really have a second, but I'm, I'm just going to have a little second because I know there's others to take. Yeah. Mm. Oh my golly!
1: So That's when um, so Lacey's obviously have got Guernsey cows up there, and I mm. went before I had selected them, um, I went up to see how they um, looked after their cows, mm. talked to them, and just make sure that um, they fitted with what we wanted as a business for our, our dairy supplier. Yeah. And they did. They're mm. lovely up there. Um And the milk is just unbelievably good. So when I was first making the gelato and Chef Joe, my my prof, came mm-hmm. and um, showed me how to use the machine and everything, and he made it the first time he tasted it, and he said he couldn't believe how good it was just based between, on the yeah. product based on the, based the ingredients. On the milk, mm, yeah.
0: Wonderful. So it, the, so it, it does, you was going to say it doesn't taste too sweet either. No.
1: That. So I bec- again that's something that I really, you know, I'm pleased that I'm making it myself mm. because I can it tastes like a treat, mm. but I'm making sure that the levels there is tolerances with sugar and fat. Yeah. And I'm trying to keep them on the lower edge Mm -hmm. just for health reasons. And so that people do feel like it's not too naughty or too overindulgent, but the taste is very indulgent. You
0: can really taste that. I think about some of the really commercial, generally speaking, American brands Mm. that are full of, you know, cookie dough or caramel pieces or, you know, but they are so... In order to get that contrast, you you often have to have sweet upon sweet yes. upon sweet in, in order to just feel like you're tasting the exactly. caramel within a sweet ice cream. But
1: the more fat you add, the more sugar you have to add to counteract it. So it's sort of, you try and keep it as, um, I'm just trying to keep the tolerances mm. and the parameters as low as possible on those so that the flavour really punches through. So um, this is pistachio right
0: let's take another spoon
1: here let's. and again when i serve these sometimes as tasters people say but well, it's not green well
0: yes because it doesn't have coloring exactly. in it. exactly
1: <laughs> everything that i use in the gelato is entirely natural it
0: absolutely <laughs> <laughs> bangs full of pistachio flavor
1: so um oh i folly. use pistachio paste and mm. that's a mix of californian and bronte pistachios mm. from sicily um so really authentic yeah really authentic
0: wow <laughs> that's so good i love <laughs>
1: that's that. that's one of our biggest songs, yeah I would you're say. reminding
0: me that because i do this podcast every friday we are pre-recording this one i should say but i don't get the chance to go to one of my favorite local markets which is the meter market which is where i typically get my ice cream <laughs> from you and so i haven't been stocking up recently so I think given that this is a pre-record and I should have Friday free, I will be popping up there <laughs> to get some pistachio ice cream. Oh, sorry, not ice cream, gelato. Yes. Get it right, Jenny.
1: Now, um this is, I now do Marlow Market mm-hmm. at least once a month. Yeah. And this one, I cannot tell you how, I could sell about five times of this as anything else. It's caramel, well, it's dulce de leche. Okay. But. Everybody in Marlowe clearly has a very sweet tooth because <laughs> I wonder why. What's going on in Marlowe? Um, because I to me this is a, one of the sweetest ones that well, I do. Mm. But it is just caramelized milk. Wow, really? Yeah. So I'm gonna give you another one that mm-hmm. is also a very sweet one that is Preferred mm-hmm. in Cookham. Okay. Wow. Like, so we've got a
0: divide, a yeah, river it, divide. It, I think yeah. it, I
1: blame the bridge, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> it's the bridge. Even the
0: pigeons have choices. Have you noticed that? <laughs> yeah, They're only yeah, no, one they end, the end of the bridge and not the other. I wonder what they know.
1: Um, Lovely. So Let's try this, this one. This is double gold. And this okay. one I made up the recipe for last year because local Tom Dean mm-hmm. won his two gold medals at the Olympics. And I wanted to celebrate that. So that is caramelized white chocolate
0: mm-hmm.
1: with honeycomb. Honeycomb.
0: I could taste the honeycomb. Yeah. And the
1: honeycomb, the um, honey in the honeycomb comes from hives on Copa's farm up in Cookham, which is actually where I'm based. So local. So, so you see the
0: bees flying past. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'll be uh, I'll be with you soon. I know. So I uh, my customers up in Cook and Dean, I say, oh, well, these bees have probably been on your plants. Yeah, and in your garden. In that. Gosh, yeah. Isn't
0: that wonderful? I love that. That one tastes even sweeter. <laughs> so you've got a that was dulce, dulce, and the leche, leche. Yes. I get that wrong, because that's not the language. I speak French, but nothing else. <laughs> um And then you had the double gold. Double gold.
1: Honeycomb. So mm-hmm. the surprise choice. hmm I'm going to save the one that I don't think you liked or last. <laughs> we
0: have a story but... to go with that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> this is
0: Turkish Delight. Oh my golly, I
1: love Turkish
0: Delight. Here so this
1: is a really weird one because yeah. I made this just for Christmas mm-hmm. and never thinking that it would be as popular as it is. But I, if I stop it now, I will have serious complaints mm. because that and the cherry are just so hugely popular. Born End. Okay. Born End is Turkish Delight. I'm learning so much about the personalities of our little
0: local towns. (laughs) This is wonderful. (laughs) Oh, wow. So, yeah, I love that. So, Turkish Delight is a, a bit of a thing for me. During my finals at university, I used to go for one break while I was revising, and I'd go and get a Turkish Delight bar, but that is on another level. But there's a, an association, isn't there, with flavours? Yeah.
1: so that is, I've made that pink using beetroot powder. Oh, wow, okay. And then it's got a really concentrated rose oil, so in four kilos mm. of the gelato there are eight drops of rose oil
0: see this is the thing isn't it people worry i mean if you ever watch any of the sort of baking programs or the tv programs or they get people often worry about flavors like lavender and rose Mm. and food but that is just so balanced with everything else in there it's not overpowering no you know rose is a bit of a divisive one isn't it in terms Mm. of flavor but that i love that's just soothing, calming levels of rose rather than a kind of wham bam yeah. thank you ma'am. That's lovely.
1: And the chocolate, I didn't bring a chocolate for you to taste uh-huh. because it's all sold out and I've got Whoa. and the milk's only <laughs> been delivered today so it's not made yet. Um it just goes the,
0: to show how fresh everything is there, right? You, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sell out,
1: make some more. Sell out, make some more. Um, the chocolate in the Turkish Delight that goes through a strands, mm-hmm. as in the stracciatella and various other and the mint chocolate, is Madagascan single origin chocolate oh, wow. which is Krilo, which is like 10% of the production of the world's chocolate is that particular type and so it's really amazing chocolate mm. and I don't use that in the main chocolate um, gelato because it would be unachievable to sell it commercially <laughs> but in the you can t- have some
0: gelato yes. but you might have to sell your house so.
1: st- yeah but the main is so they're all the chocolate in the main chocolate gelato which i sell twice as much of as mm. anything else because oh, it has fudge and brownies and uh ha, that's oh, the secret I know. <laughs> um but the homemade fudge and amazing mm. brownies from mm. epic brownies in maidenhead um yeah, the chocolate in that is still amazing chocolate. Mm-hmm. And when I'm looking to source different chocolates or um, any ingredients, I look back to the provenance. Yeah. So the chocolate has been bought from farms that I know are treat. the farmers are treated fairly. The coffee that I use in the coffee cream with Baileys... Mm-hmm. Um, is roasted for me by Money Row Beans. Oh, fantastic. And um, they, Vicky, who runs that mm-hmm. and roasts all the coffee, also does her own checks on the farmers. Yeah. So um, that's really the provenance and the way in which people are treated right really through the supply chain are really important. Mm-hmm. And at the moment, I don't use anything with palm oil in. So fantastic. people have asked me mm-hmm. to do Lotus, fl- Biscoff flavour. Aha. Uh-huh. And all of those, or Nutella, Mm -hmm. and I've just said no, because they all contain palm oil. And until it's clear whether sustainable palm oil is actually sustainable, I'm just not going to go there.
0: So where you have a clear line back to the source, so the provenance is so, so important isn't it here mm, completely but I feel like you can taste that like I'm a big believer in that this is the story that goes with the food is almost the flavor that goes with the f- it just enhances everything doesn't yeah. it it's absolutely wonderful
1: and again that's one of the joys of running your own business mm-hmm. because I can actually just say mm, no not, I'm not going to do that mm-hmm. um, so I'm going to give you this is a new flavor oh, 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 this okay. is a sorbet so there is okay. no milk in this yeah but it is um, newly set up Cookham mm. Cocktail Club. Oh, They Sounds have got exciting. a signature gin, mm-hmm. and this has got that gin in. But I asked for the flavour notes of that, and it's blackcurrant and yuzu.
0: So Aha. I've got
1: blackcurrant, yuzu, and there's some mint. Mm. No. <laughs> no, lo-
0: love mint. mint. love mint. <laughs> there we go. There we right, go. let's try this one.
1: So this was new last week.
0: No. let me and try some of this.
1: Literally, that's all I've got left of it.
0: Wow. (laughs) That, I feel like I'm in some sort of fancy cocktail bar and someone has just shaken up my perfect cocktail and then put ice on it. (laughs) It's gorgeous. (laughs) That's that's really refreshing,
1: isn't it? Really. And it's... that one is quite a fun... Uh, when you're tasting it, you get a hit of blackcurrant straight away. Yeah, And then suddenly mint.
0: Mint is your afternoon, for sure. And then the sure. yuzu
1: and gin come at the end. And so that was an experiment mm. in flavours, but it, I'm really happy with it. So It'd be I'll a be taking a fantastic
0: nap. palate cleanser if you mm. had a multi-course meal. I mean, mm. you know, I'm all for sort of having friends to the house and having a really relaxed time where you don't actually spend any time cooking or actually preparing anything Well, preparing maybe in advance, but that would be perfect. Wouldn't it to bring. Yeah. On. And it would impress people. No end.
1: So I'm going to that one. And, um, I've got another gin sorbet using cricketer's gin. Berry oh blush, yes. Yes. I it, have tasted amazing. that.
0: That one's fantastic I love too. Gin
1: as well. Um, those two, I will be. Take, I'm going to pub, be at pub in the park.
0: Oh, fantastic! We'll say, so will we be?
1: So uh, we River
0: Radio will be there, and I'll be interviewing lots of chefs and things. So we'll we'll hopefully get you on there too and Excellent. come and try some.
1: So I will have those two gin sorbets down there. Yes. Now, finally,
0: mm-hmm. the controversial one for controversial.
1: me. <laughs> we have fresh mint mm-hmm. ice cream with dark chocolate. So it's the same dark chocolate that you had in the Turkish delight. Yeah. But it's got fresh mint in
0: let and again
1: try. this is another one where people look at it and say but it's not green yeah well,
0: i think this might be where we where we, where it's a good thing so i i will explain the story i do have a connection with mint chocolate ice cream and um bit, not being very well when i was a child and of course you would then make those associations so i haven't had it <laughs> since that fateful day when i was seven a long time ago let me try this is going to be another level i know it is <laughs> That is entirely different <laughs> that isn't that isn't anything like my memory i think you might have fixed me heather oh. <laughs> it's, it's it's interesting because it's so creamy which is not how i remember what i had yeah. uh all those years ago but the mint is sort of refreshing within the cream which is kind of an old thing for my head to get around it's just so it is Clean. Mm. clean. Clean and cream. <laughs> clean, <laughs>
1: yeah. clean cream.
0: Mm. Um, oh, so that, that mint, wonderful. that's
1: actually chocolate variety of mil- and mint. And the
0: chocolate's coming in now.
1: Yeah.
0: Mm. That's really nice. I think also because it's proper chocolate. Yes. You know, I think going back to my childhood, chocolate chips were kind of greasy. Mm. Do you know what mm. I mean? They were more oil than they were chocolate. That is chocolate mm. and chocolate and chocolate. Mm. So you've got mint and chocolate. Yeah, that's
1: I think what surprised me with all of these flavours and the other ones where I put chocolate through and even the main chocolate flavour is they look quite dark. That is dark chocolate. Yeah. And the main chocolate uh, gelato is also quite dark. It's, you know, much more chocolatey than a normal gelato uh, ice cream. Um, But the children love them. That's great. Even with that dark chocolate. And the fresh mint, Mm. I kind of warn them, it's mint leaves. Yeah. And... Yeah, they They love it as well. Yeah, Yeah. I
0: love that. Brilliant. Uh, uh, What's really clear to me is the association with lots of local businesses. Mm. I'd love to explore that more. Let's just take a brief pause and we'll come back to discuss that further. Across the Thames Valley. One more time. Across the Thames Valley.
1: This, this is River Radio. Well, now for some pop music. Try this.
0: Welcome back to this show Let's Do Lunch With Me Jenny Tishi. This is a show all about food and nutrition and today we've invited onto the show Heather who runs Agosti Gelato which is a local very local just over the bridge and up the hill. Um artisan gelato company using local produce where possible and seasonal flavors as well and seasonal produce. And uh, Heather you've mentioned lots of different companies that you've worked with. In fact so much so I want to be one of your researchers because it must be a great- great job going around discovering the best coffee and the best chocolate and the best gin to be using what a wonderful job to have i get it now um but what what has been the most surprising or most interesting uh, connection you've managed to make with local companies there are so many now aren't there mm.
1: so a lot of these local companies i came across um during lockdown going as a customer to meet a market uh-huh. which is where you Mentioned, um, which is in Cookham Dean Village Hall Mm -hmm. every Friday morning. Um, And lots and lots of little local businesses uh, just during lockdown were able to sort of come along, take a table, and sell their wares. Mm -hmm. And through that, I've made lots of connections, Um, not just food, I'm having my bunting for my gazebo and my aprons. Made by a local seamstress mm. um, who I met there. But just tasting the food there, I wouldn't ever put anything in the gelato that I didn't enjoy myself, mm-hmm. except I will be forced to make a licorice one.
0: Okay, we're going down that path yeah
1: i have to (laughs) husband insist love it or hate it that's my (laughs) yeah. everything else but certainly um from a local business point of view if i didn't enjoy the local businesses food i wouldn't be putting it in there and if also if they didn't have the same sort of ethos as we do with Mm -hmm. ingredients so if some of the um Some of the companies do use palm oil in various things, but I just won't use their products Mm -hmm. where they've got that in it. So they will make special recipes. So um, Epic Brownies make Mm -hmm. uh, the brownie slabs that I then chop up and put in the chocolate fudge brownie, especially for me. Wonderful. Um, And they're gluten-free, so that's also good for lots of people with intolerances. So, yeah, it just making connections locally through me to market has been great. Yeah.
0: And so you've met gin companies, brownie companies, coffee, chocolate, anything else that I'm missing out there? Um,
1: honey, <laughs> honey,
0: <laughs> honey. Well, yeah, honey is, <laughs> yeah
1: honey is, <laughs> that was right on my doorstep. Um, there's just, it, yeah, I can, I then taste some, I've tasted some cheese, and I'm thinking, mm, I could make cheese. Mm. I, I have lots of ideas. I just don't have a lot of time because it's just me.
0: Yeah, and <laughs> I was going to ask you about that. So you obviously do a lot of um, research, and you come up with new flavors, which is wonderful. That's mm. your creativity and your flair coming out. So. When you discover a new flavour and it goes down well, I know many that you've introduced seasonally, like the Leipkuchen, for example. <laughs> Wonderful flavours. Like, how do you make the decision? Is it just a commercial decision as to whether to keep it in the range or not? Because you could end up with an overwhelming number of different flavours.
1: Um, yes, it's also to do with what will fit on the... A piece of paper for my menu at me to market or yeah. any Market. <laughs> I love that very practically it's actually got to get on a menu <laughs> yes um but no so uh, the Turkish delight really was and the Celtic coffee cream along with Liebkuchen were Christmas flavors mm-hmm. but the Turkish delight and Celtic coffee cream I feel like I can carry on with the Liebkuchen is very much Christmassy it's I had mini eggs gelato over easter and some people were like this is amazing but no that's gone now yeah so i think it's important you know particularly with the fruit coming up so um i'm every day i go out and check the elderflowers in the garden to see how they're coming along um and the blossom on we've got um some fruit trees in the garden mm-hmm. and last year was actually for apples was a bit of a disaster but yeah. this year it's looking really good so what are you going to do with the apples oh so come or aug- end august september time they'll be back on the menu mm-hmm. toffee apple crumble because that was massively popular <sighs> that's
0: a great combination um
1: and yeah so just anything that i come up with or if i see something that's mm-hmm. also you know When I'm looking at other recipes, it it can be a cake. It could be anything. And then I think, oh, that sounds nice. mm,
0: I Um, love that. And what about the names? How do you come up with the different names for them? I mean, obviously things like the double gold Genius. It's still there, <laughs> no. which is
1: brilliant. <laughs> like, it went away and then I brought it back because I did get quite a few people saying, have you got any of that?
0: And they still got their gold medals and the Commonwealth Games aren't too far away.
1: I know. It
0: could know. be a, a re, not a rebranding, but a, a, a re-energised sort of branding opportunity. Well, we've got the there?
1: Jubilee as well. Of course.
0: What are, you pl- what are your plans for that with flavours?
1: I'm not sure. I did do, for the Olympics last year, I did red, white and blue. And I used blue matcha to make blue Gelato, which oh. worked really well and then strawberry and um just the field of latte mm-hmm. so i might do so. i don't know yeah that's I that's a few
0: it. i love it this two is months away isn't this wonderful though that you've got this new business and you're opportunities seem endless. Yeah. Your creativity is obviously you know, brimming. It's wonderful. Now, one of the things that you told me about, this is a family business, obviously, yeah. and you had to all agree to it. Can I ask you a little bit about, you know, roles and responsibilities as a family? Who does what?
1: Uh, so in the business, um, David, my husband, is, um, yeah, I think he is the one who's just keeping an eye on finances okay. because I could be... I do get very excited about new flavors, as you can tell. <laughs> um, and I've got to focus on the business side of things. So he's definitely, he's works full time. So he's keeping an eye at, on things in the background. He's also sounding bored. Yeah, um, great. And because we went into this together, effectively, mm-hmm. even though I'm the one doing the day-to-day work, um, he's always very interested. Um, and the boy, uh, we have three sons mm-hmm. um, and... Eldest is at uni, so he just comes and eats it when he's at home. Good job, yes,
0: <laughs> that'd be my job. I will just turn up when there's food, Mum.
1: Youngest son is has just passed his driving test, so has appointed himself as delivery driver. Useful, is, yes, very useful. And middle son is on gap year, and he actually is the only one who's done any training in food hygiene and safety and all of that, and knows how to work the machines, so he can actually. When he's not doing other more interesting things, as far as he's concerned, come and help me. Mm-hmm. Um, Be
0: useful that that skill. Really, yeah, come. no, he's yeah. yeah,
1: he is exceptionally helpful when mm-hmm. he's when I can get him to come down there and help me. Come on,
0: son. <laughs> so, so, how would you? I mean, from your perspective, starting your own food business, you must have had thoughts and plans and dreams. Has it been as you expected?
1: Um, it's been. A lot harder work than I thought, which sounds a bit naive. But when I was setting it up during lockdown, before I was actually making it, Mm -hmm. I was working hard on getting everything ready from a company point of view. And I was sourcing ingredients and I was doing all of that sort of Mm legwork because I couldn't make it. Yeah. And then I suddenly had to drum up sales and make it and do all the admin, and still have all the family life um, that I had before. Mm-mm. So it has been really hard work. And now this is we've only been trading... My first sale was in June last year. Yeah. And this year, um, you know, for Pub in the Park, mm-hmm. I am making huge amounts, as much as I can this week and last week uh-huh. and next week ready for pub in the park. Wow. Um, <laughs> but... <laughs> <laughs> There's I only so
0: much you can store, though, I would imagine, or do you have extra capacity? Somewhere?
1: I um, We have a couple of storage freezers, mm-hmm. but um, everything to do with gelato also setting up is very expensive. Of course, yeah. The machines are very, you know specialized Mm -hmm. um and it is it's quite different to making it at home which I did all through lockdown before I had the big machines I had my little home machine yeah and trying out flavors and working out what went with what but once you're actually got the big machine it's just a whole other world and you're doing it at scale yes yeah yeah different
0: world so what would you say has been your biggest learning um in terms of the actual kind of making of the gelato
1: I think the the sciencey bit of it yeah. has been really. I and I never thought I was very scientific, but you I love something in yourself. You no, know, I really love it all. I love mm. doing the and I even I've created an interactive Excel spreadsheet. What? I know, I know. <laughs> Me, I, she says, <laughs> I, I, know. I did this. I know. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So it so that I can change it automatically changes all the figures as mm-hmm. i change one figure um which
0: is helpful in the example that you gave yeah. of the fruit that has A different sugar thing. levels and uh, does the i uh, just out of interest does the milk come with different fat levels at different times no, as well it's always the same
1: it's always the same and i get the percentage of fat in the so lacy's double cream mm-hmm. i think is 48 percent fat mm-hmm. but i want 36 percent fat okay so they Special for me and for somebody else, I can't remember, over in Henley, they do special whipping cream equivalent wow. um, just so that we can have that lower fat. Mm-hmm.
0: That's great, isn't it? And that's the connection that you've got because you have a relationship with the local business, which is wonderful. I have to ask you, obviously, the pandemic has affected so many businesses. A few businesses are not immune to it. How did the pandemic affect your business? It's quite a young business, right? So, Well, we
1: opened, we started in the pandemic. But Um, it wasn't
0: because of the pandemic, was it? You (laughs) had plans prior. How did they change because of the pandemic?
1: So before we had thought maybe about opening a gelateria. Mm Mm-hmm. And had looked at a couple of properties. But then the commitment on particularly my part of running a gelateria as well as making it. Because the making was always the thing. Mm. Not buying in from someone else who pre-made was really important. Yeah, you wanted to get your hands dirty, so to speak. (laughs) So the focus (laughs) had to be we're going to make the gelato Mm -hmm. and then if we can run a gelateria at the same time, that would be amazing. But if we can't, and when we looked at it, it just wouldn't have worked. Mm -hmm. And then actually, fortunately we didn't go down that route because we, yes, you would have been scuppered. We would would be very much scuppered. (laughs) Um, So yeah, that was one thing. So we had to adapt the business plan. Mm. Um, But it's always been, the focus has always been on the making of something local. Yeah. You know, using local ingredients as much as we can. Um, The other thing that happened, which wasn't ideal, was that during the course of our first summer... Everybody, well, the children all got COVID one after the other. Oh, gosh. And it was at the time when we all had to go into self-isolation. Yeah. And you weren't allowed out for
0: 14 days or whatever it was, 10 days or whatever it was. 14 and then 10.
1: So basically, during some of the hottest weeks of the year, I couldn't make or sell gelato, which was very upsetting. (sighs) And then I, after avoiding it for all that time, I then got it the week before Christmas which is when, uh, again, I had lots of orders and lots of, so yeah. So
0: this is called resilience, right yes, here. Resilience uh, and the first <laughs> two years of my business.
1: Uh, this Adapt. Yeah, adapting.
0: Uh, and what about other things? I mean, your commute. Oh, <laughs> you yeah, know, just just take that as one example of how your life has changed completely. So you were commuting into London,
1: yeah, so I, multiple times a week. Yeah.
0: So, and now is it a five minute walk from your home? The, yeah,
1: it's down our lane. Cross Dean Lane and down a footpath, and that's it. So it's really, it's very idyllic. You, you know, whatever the weather, you kind of walk down, and oh look, there's some buds out, or oh, it snowed overnight. Is is completely different.
0: It must be that much more in tune with the seasons as well.
1: Oh, completely. And I mm. do look at you know if I see the blackberry bushes like last year you could just follow it i'm just like following their progress. Happening. yes how thinking, are you getting on today i take a little <laughs> i'll take a little basket next time i'm going down um,
0: how, how have you adjusted to the lifestyle changes must be quite must feel quite different
1: it is very different i do i think my hours are l- much longer. longer well anybody who's running their own business will tell you you never ever turn off. no boundaries no mm. um and my office Part of things happens at home so even if I'm making gelato down at the lab
0: Mm -hmm. the lab
1: I know it's even called the lab, it's so scientific Um, if I'm making it um, there for like, well on last Thursday I finished at 10.30 at night fortunately poor David came back from work and then had to help me finish up after his full day at work as well Um, but I will then probably go home and Mm. after supper, sit and do more. Do a little bit more work, but it's work
0: you actually want to be doing and it's for you. I guess that's the biggest change, isn't it? Um, I would love to ask you a little bit more about the flavours that you have now, but also the flavours that you're working on. So let's take a brief pause and we'll come back in just a moment. Windsor. Windsor, Ascot. Ascot, Ascot, Maidenhead. Maidenhead, Bracknell. Bracknell, Wokingham. Wokingham, Henley. Henley, Reading.
1: Reading. Okay. The Voice
0: River Radio of the Thames Valley. Well, welcome back to this show. Let's do lunch with me, Jenny Tishi, and today we are joined by Heather from Agosti Gelato, a local gelato company that also creates sorbets and using local produce, and really really heavily focused on the provenance of the ingredients that are being used. So I have had the delight of tasting lots of different flavours today. Um, but Heather, can you outline for those listening, what flavours you have currently within your range, which has expanded and expanded since <laughs> I first met you, and what your plans are in terms of product development going forward?
1: Okay, so we will always have de Latte, which is, I say vanilla without the vanilla. Yes. So it is the, the base milk. That's the first one I tasted today,
0: which is ridiculously creamy without actually having anywhere near as much cream. What Mm. are the percentage differences between a normal vanilla ice cream and this vanilla without the vanilla? So
1: ours is 7% and others luxury might be 18, 15 to 18. You can't taste that. That's incredible.
0: So you always have fiat Yeah.
1: Um, we'll always have that. We'll also always have Stracciatella, which is Fiordo Latte with this amazing dark chocolate that you've tasted. because um, that's one of my favorites. And uh we will always have pistachio.
0: Yeah. With and that pistachio is phenomenal. I think that's probably my favourite, but I love, love, love pistachios. Um and what have you got else? What else have you so got we in your range? Also,
1: and... although originally we were trying to keep with very Italian flavours, we have teenage children. Yeah. So we had it to happens. have chocolate. Well, we did have chocolate, which was very Italian. And then we ha- had to add in fudge and brownies.
0: Of course. you got which, teenagers.
1: Yes. Which has been enormously successful. <laughs> Thanks, teenagers. <Yes. laughs> which is something that we just keep coming back. But does give me the opportunity to work with another local business. Yeah, um, exactly. Open stores. So yeah, exactly. Nice. Um, and we will always have... Cherry. Mm-hmm. Amarena cherry. So that is the only non fresh fruit or non frozen fruit that mm-hmm. I would use. That is um some of you might know. It's a blue and white jar, Fabri cherries. Ah, yes,
0: I know the one. Yeah. And
1: they are cherries, Italian cherries in a really heavy syrup mm-hmm. that are the best cherries for ice cream. And I do feel a bit of a, a bit mean because obviously cook and dean where I make it. Is famous for its cherry orchards. Yeah. And I but did you, try. You know, yeah.
0: you got to do what you got to no, do when you're flavor, running a jelly. <laughs> yeah, the,
1: the flavor from the fresh cherries mm. is perfect. You know, it's. Practically non existent. It's really hard, isn't it, with yeah. certain
0: fruits to get the flavor out. Mm. And then you don't want to. And you said at the very top of the show, you don't really want to be adding lots and lots of sugar for flavor. No. You want the true flavor to come through. So if that's what it takes to get it, that's what you've got to so, do. So
1: Amarena cherry is, and that actually is probably my favorite.
0: Mm-hmm. The, I don't think
1: I've tried that one. No, I didn't bring it. Sorry. It. <laughs> <laughs> because it's market. my favorite. Yeah, yeah. Come to the market. We will. <laughs> we will. Um, so, yeah, that's, so that will always all be on there. And the mango sorbet is mm. always that's on there. It's my
0: son's favourite. Yes. <laughs> he eats so much.
1: <laughs> mango sorbet. But the other, so at the moment, um, the other ones that we've got are seasonal rhubarb. Mm-hmm. So we've got rhubarb, raspberry and rose sorbet. Wow. Because some of the, um, some of our customers were saying they love Turkish delight flavour, but they couldn't have lactose. Uh-huh. So I've made a sorbet with the rose flavour in it. And actually the rhubarb and raspberry and rose has been very popular. Mm -hmm. Um, And obviously the gin sorbets are coming out now. There'll be more sorbets in the summer because they're definitely more of a summery type.
0: And those will be at Pub in the Park as well, I'd imagine. Yeah. They'll go down very well.
1: Yes. Um, But we've also got things like the elderflower coming out. So I haven't decided I'll probably decide the week that I make it. I what's going to go with this? Ah. I know it's like it's artisan. Yeah. Um, and the other one that I I, I go up to uh, there's a small holding Maxwell and Webb, mm-hmm. who um, I met at Meter Market. Yeah. Um, who are also based in Cook and Dean and supply lots of local restaurants, mm-hmm. including all the. Tom Carriages, restaurants yeah. and um, Waterside Inn and lots of amazing restaurants. And I had go up to their small holding and see what they've got. Wow. So that's where I got my mint this week for the blackcurrant mint and the chocolate mint. Um, and just, you know, choose, think whatever they've got, I can then use.
0: What a joy. Yeah. I bet you go to bed dreaming of new flavours, don't you?
1: I, d- I actually sometimes do wake up thinking yeah. oh, that would I've work. I've got one. <laughs> it's 1 a.m. Never mind. Yeah. I've still got one. <laughs> I write it out. I've got a notebook next to my bed to I can
0: write down. So, if people, I mean, I'm sure people listening into this will think, I need to try your gelato. Yeah. So, where can people find you both online and offline?
1: So, I will be obviously. I and lots of other amazing businesses will be up at Meter Market every Friday in Cook and Dean. Brilliant. Um, Marlow Market the first Saturday of the month and sometimes the third Saturday of the month. Yeah. Maidenhead Farmers Market, which is the second Sunday of the month. Bourne End Community Market, which yes. is the second Saturday of the month,
0: which I discovered you at recently. I yes. wasn't expecting to see you there.
1: <laughs> um, But I love going to the markets and meeting the new customers. But I also do, um, you can go online either through Instagram or Facebook or contact me through our website. Um, And you can either have a delivery, Mm -hmm. especially now I have a new delivery driver. Yes,
0: duly qualified.
1: (laughs) Or um, you can come up to where I make it in Cookham Dean and collect. Uh um and one of the things that i'm trying to encourage people to do is to bring their own pots that i can fill because we are plastic free Mm. um and i just think that if people have got those takeaway tubs or your tupperwares or anything they can bring it up and they can have them filled and weighed and Oh, fantastic.
0: So it's sort of refill, but refill your own ice yes. cream, which is great. Gosh, that's wonderful. Um, and if people want to keep in touch with sort of, do you have a newsletter or anything that people can keep in touch with what you're up to, what your developments are?
1: Mm, yes. I no, I don't have one. <laughs> You'd love to have one, <laughs> I'd love but you're to have too a newsletter. busy making ice cream. <laughs> yes, exactly. Exactly. But I normally I post quite, I post stories on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I think it's being a lawyer. I spend too long thinking about what I'm going to write. (laughs) Having been a lawyer for all those years, I spent far too long (sighs) drafting and (laughs) redrafting things and then I don't actually get it done. So stories are easy because it's all visual. Yeah. Um, So yeah, I do do a lot of stories and I try and do a post every week with the new flavours. But...
0: Doesn't Mm. always happen, so come and taste them. Yes,
1: exactly. I love it.
0: (laughs) You've obviously learned so much about starting your own food business. It's so evident, the passion that you have, which I think would be at the very base a a necessity for anybody starting their own food business. But what advice would you give to anyone that is inspired by what they hear from you today and would like to start their own food business?
1: Um, Definitely be prepared for very long hours. But also... Just go and speak to as many local food businesses as you can because um, those connections actually are massively encouraging but they're also massively good for support Mm. when you do feel like everything is just maybe not going as you thought. To speak to people who have been through it Mm. um, just a little bit ahead of you. Um, And I have um, quite frequent... We like to call them coaching calls. They're not really coaching calls. They're like chats with Vicky from Money Row Beans. And we will both be working, she at her roastery and me in my lab. And we'll have like Facebook video going uh, and just sort of chat and work at the same time. And, you know, talk about, you know, things like packaging or, you know, all the normal things that you wouldn't have, you wouldn't be able to talk, I wouldn't be able to talk to David about those because mm. he doesn't know about it. But mm. to talk to other small businesses is really hugely valuable. Yeah. It, making connections. It
0: is. It's, it's about your network, isn't yeah. it? But, but like you say, identifying the sorts of people that yeah. maybe are oh, that just, step ahead of you or even those that are that step behind you because they have fresh ideas
1: Mm, and mm.
0: new things to new ways of doing things that's absolutely brilliant right so we're on to our quick fire questions the last questions of this podcast um what would be your death row meal your last meal on earth if you had to have one
1: so i did i thought about this for about a millisecond and then i thought christmas dinner because actually food to me and gelato as well is all a lot of it's tied up with emotion yeah and you know when you taste gelato it might take you back to your childhood and you think, oh I remember feeling that way or back to a lovely holiday and actually when we were developing the company we wanted that as we call it the ratatouille moment (laughs) so in the film ratatouille (laughs) the critic tastes the ratatouille and immediately is
0: transported transported to his
1: childhood where he hurt his knee and his mum came and kissed his knee and gave him and all of that so for me Christmas dinner Mm. is a bit of my ratatouille moment so it reminds me of fun times when I was a child and then as I got older taking my own children to my parents house and all of the family being together so yeah Christmas dinner done well
0: Mm -hmm. and what would be in your Christmas dinner because it varies doesn't it
1: it does the one <laughs> I'm not really fussy about the meat, but it has to be Brussels sprouts. They have to be. On the I plate. love Brussels sprouts. And cranberry, no cranberry. Bit, bit of cranberry maybe. Bread sauce, Roast, yes, bread sauce always. Roast potatoes, <laughs> um, sausage and bacon, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I quite like goose. Quite like turkey. Quite like duck. Actually, mm-hmm. when we've had smaller numbers around the table, Christmas pudding, obviously. Yes, I cream, love cream. custard. Mm, no cream cream no just getting this correct okay (laughs) good (laughs) um who is your favorite chef right tough one (laughs) no it was tough to think about because there are so many amazing chefs but the one that I go back to as a cook at home more often than not is Nigella Lawson
0: ah she came up last week as did well you? yeah okay. interesting I had a, four, a 14 year old 15 year old 15 year old on the show last week he mm. is a local influencer and she came up with Nigella Lawson so she obviously spans
1: yeah. all of us I know I yes think. because yeah. I am considerably <laughs> I didn't mean it like that Heather. I did not mean it like that
0: <laughs> I just meant our children's generation yeah. versus our generation <laughs> no um where which restaurant would you like to eat at that you've not eaten at yet
1: So I, um, while I'm making gelato, I tend to have, the machines are quite noisy, so I tend to have AirPods in and I am listening to BBC Sounds or Spotify or watching, not not watching, but listening Listening to Netflix. (laughs) Creating images. And um, I watched Chef's Table on Netflix. Oh, yes. Which is amazing. And season four is all about pastry, Uh which, and there's an amazing gelato Mm -hmm. one in Sicily. So uh-huh. that's, We're so heading there. That's
0: where you would like yeah. to go. Um,
1: but one of the episodes was uh, about Cellar de Canroca mm-hmm. in Girona, near uh-huh. Barcelona.
0: Yes, I've been there.
1: And have you? Not to the actual
0: cellar. I've been to <sighs> Girona. Yeah. Okay.
1: So um, one of the brothers, Jordi Roca, mm-hmm. is the pastry chef, and it uh, the program is about him, but the whole restaurant just looks so amazing. And what he does is so amazing. And he also has opened a gelateria just down the road um, from there. And yeah, I just would really love to go there and not just eat his pastries, but the whole Catalan Mm. sort of twist on Catalan looked amazing, Yeah. I should have said somewhere Italian, but I couldn't because actually watching that, I've watched that about three times that programme because it's so interesting and inspiring. No,
0: and also you speak the truth. And that has been (laughs) evident throughout the whole of this hour. This has been really, really wonderful. It has literally felt like we've just been having a chat. Uh, But we've been discussing a great subject, gelato. I mean, who can complain about that? Even better that I actually got to taste multiple flavors as well. (laughs) And it's been a reminder for me that I need to get my bottom back up that hill to (laughs) me. to market. I need to be buying some more, but certainly for me, pistachio for my son, mango. But there's so many new flavors I can't mm. wait to try. Heather from Agosti Gelate, Thank you so much today for your time. And thank you, everyone, for listening. I hope you've enjoyed the show. This is Let's Do Lunch on River Radio. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, then tell everyone about it and leave a review. Even better, five stars, always welcome. And you can download this podcast and listen to it again and again via Spotify, via Google or Apple Podcasts, wherever you normally get your podcasts. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening today. And I hope to see you or not even see you, but hear you next week this time. Um, thank you very much. Take care, everybody. Goodbye.